0: Ephesians 1 13 14 it says in him you also when you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation and believed in him was sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory let me say that again in him you also when you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation and believed in him Was sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. You know, when the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples of Jesus on the day of Pentecost, and from there onwards, whenever they preached the word, the word was confirmed with signs and wonders. It was not just an intellectual message, it was confirmed with signs and wonders. So I want all of us to be in expectation today anything can happen where the presence of god is there's absolute freedom where the presence of god is there's absolute restoration there's absolute reality of the kingdom of god so anything is possible do you believe that anything is possible so be in expectation today and you know god's word can be confirmed with signs and wonders amen we are not we are not pursuing you know it's not For seeing signs and wonders, that's why we are doing the word. The word, we are pursuing the word so that the word can transform us. But the word is always confirmed with signs and wonders. Amen. So Ephesians 1 verse 13 to 14 talks about the seal of the Holy Spirit. It talks about the seal of the Holy Spirit. Last week, we were talking about inheritance. You and me have an inheritance in God. And we did not receive this inheritance because we earned for it. Because we worked for it. We received this inheritance by simply receiving. Inheritance cannot be earned. You can only receive. You can only humbly receive. Amen. So we received the inheritance because we are co-heirs with Christ. And God qualified us to this inheritance. We did not qualify ourselves. It is God the Father who has qualified us. Isn't it amazing? So it's not dependent on us. It is not dependent on my holiness. It is dependent on the blood of Jesus. It is dependent on what Jesus has done. God has qualified me for this inheritance. Now, verse 13 to 14, Paul says that when you heard the word of truth, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed in him, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. So what is the criteria for receiving the Holy Spirit? What is the criteria for being sealed with the Holy Spirit? The criteria is when you heard the word of truth and you believed in Jesus. Did you hear the gospel? Did you believe in Jesus? If you heard the gospel, you believed in Jesus, then you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. See, you know, we have this misunderstanding that the holy spirit only comes to people who are holy holy spirit comes to make unholy people holy okay so if the holy spirit comes to make unholy people holy and if you're trying to be holy by yourself okay you're like you're like chasing your own tail the holy spirit comes to make unholy people holy and what is the criteria for receiving the holy spirit the criteria is if you have received if you have believed in the gospel if you have heard the gospel and believed in jesus if you have heard the gospel believed in jesus then you are sealed with the holy spirit of promise that's the good news guys so it's not based on my holiness that i received the holy spirit it's not based on how many hours i you know I was sitting in the Taddy meeting waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. It is based on did I hear the gospel and did I, did I believe in the person of Jesus? If you did hear the gospel and if you believe in the person of Jesus, my goodness, you have received the seal of the Holy Spirit. Yeah? And I'm saying the seal of the Holy Spirit is, is irrespective of the expression that you have in the spirit. You might not speak in tongues. You might not have prophecy. You might not not be flowing in any of the gifts. But I'm saying the word of God says, if you have heard this gospel and if you have believed in Jesus,
1: you have received the seal of the Holy Spirit. You have received the seal of the Holy Spirit. See, this Holy Spirit that we have received,
0: we are sealed with it. Do you understand what's the meaning of sealed? Sealed is something that, cannot be broken so easily if god has sealed it who can unseal it god has to unseal it so you cannot unseal what god has sealed by your stupidity isn't that the good news isn't that good news huh? how many of you are you know stupid and weak and you know selfish and foolish i i am okay if you're not this gospel is for the foolish for the weak Uh, for the people who are struggling the gospel is that because of what jesus has done if you believe in the person of jesus you will receive the holy spirit of promise and this holy spirit of promise will work in you to make you exactly like jesus
1: if you could be holy enough to receive the holy spirit then why would you need the holy spirit So the qualification to receive the Holy Spirit is not your holiness. The qualification to receive the Holy Spirit is
0: believing in Jesus after hearing the gospel. So I want to assure you, if you have heard the gospel and if you believe in Jesus, I want to assure you that you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And that seal of the Holy Spirit of promise cannot be unsealed by any human methods. It cannot be undone. What God has done cannot be undone by your stupidity, by your mistakes. Okay, now uh, read with me Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30. Because Ephesians 4 verse 30 tells you, for how long are you sealed? Okay, for how long are you sealed? Are you sealed until the next time you sin? Are you sealed until the next time you do not pray or you, you miss a fasting prayer? See, Ephesians 4, verse 30 says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for or till the day of redemption. So for how long are you sealed? You were sealed with the Holy Spirit the day you believed in the gospel, the day you believed in Jesus, you were sealed. And you will be sealed till the day of redemption. That means God is saying, Hey, I am giving to you the Holy Spirit the day you believe in Jesus, and the Holy Spirit will work in you so that you can become like Jesus. And until you have completely transformed in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, in your body, you are completely transformed to the image
1: of Christ. Till then, you will be sealed with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God. God is confirming.
0: To us by the word of God, that he will not leave us, he will not forsake us. The reason why Paul is saying, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit, is saying because he will not leave you. See, we don't sin because we are afraid that the Holy Spirit will leave us. We don't sin because the Holy Spirit will not leave us. Even in our sin, the Holy Spirit will not leave us. Even in our weaknesses, the Holy Spirit will not leave us. That's why Paul is saying, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Because he will not leave you. Do not grieve him. Because you're sealed with him till the day of redemption. So, today, the motivation for me to pursue holiness in that aspect is not because I am insecure that the Holy Spirit will leave me. But today, the motivation for me to pursue holiness is because the Holy Spirit will not leave me. The Holy Spirit is there with me. And I don't want him to be involved in my darkness. That's the motivation because he will not leave me. But do you know that the Holy Spirit is already there in your darkness? See, in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, it says the earth was without void and was full of darkness, right? Do you know where the Holy Spirit was? The Holy Spirit was hovering over the face of the waters, hovering over darkness. You know, a lot of times we want to hide our darkness from the Lord, but the Holy Spirit is right there waiting hovering over that darkness because when God says let there be light then there is light a lot of aspects of our lives we want to we want to stay in darkness we don't want to be vulnerable we don't want to open up to God because we are afraid how God is going to feel but let me assure you God is already there he's already there he's waiting for us to come to the light so that we can feel forgiven we can be restored today by the light of Jesus Okay, so for how long are you going to be sealed with the Holy Spirit? You're going to be sealed with the Holy Spirit till the day of your redemption, till you are completely conformed to the image of Jesus, till you're completely transformed, till you start talking like Jesus, till you start thinking like Jesus, till you start feeling like Jesus, till you start behaving like Jesus, till your body becomes equivalent to the glorified body of Jesus, till then you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Now, come back to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 to 14. It says, Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. You know why God gave us the Holy Spirit? The one of the works that we have received the Holy Spirit is so that the Holy Spirit can work in us. The other one is so that you and me can have complete guarantee. Say with me, Holy Spirit is my guarantee. Holy Spirit is my guarantee. Guarantee for what? Guarantee that God will transform us. God will transform each and every one of us. See, now, if you look into, the, into a mirror and you see yourself, you might only see weaknesses. You might see freckles. You might see, you know, all the bad parts of who you are. But God is saying, I am giving you my Holy Spirit as a guarantee that I will transform you into the image of Christ see we are not the ones who are trying to transform ourselves we the more we try the more we are going to fail it is god who is working in us through the holy spirit to work in us to change us and to absolutely transform us into the image of his son and holy spirit is the guarantee holy spirit is the guarantee that god will transform us holy spirit is the guarantee do you know when uh, when somebody goes to buy a car, you know there's a waiting period for buying a car. So what you need to do is you need to pay some amount as a down payment to book the car. Now, for example, I went to the dealer and you know I paid like thirty thousand rupees to book the car, and they tell me you know in three months' time the car will come. Now I paid thirty thousand rupees to book the car. Now if after three months I change my mind, I will lose that thirty thousand. Am I making sense? Because that 30,000 is a guarantee that I will come back. Once the car is ready, I will come back and I will buy the car. That 30,000 is a guarantee. It's a down payment for my promise that I will come back and I will buy the car. Holy Spirit is a promise from God. Think about this. God, the father, God, the son, God, the spirit. They are always one. They're always together. They are inseparable, right? God, the father has given us the Holy Spirit to us saying that this is my guarantee that I will transform you. So in case I am not able to transform you, I am willing to give up the Holy Spirit. Think about what the statement the father is making today. Will the father ever give up the Holy Spirit? No, right? So he is giving us absolute security that in case you think I am not able to transform you, look at the Holy Spirit, look at what I have given you. He is the guarantee that I will transform you once and for all. This work in us is progressive. It's not a switching on and switching off a bulb. It's a progressive, it's a journey. But God is saying, put confidence in the Holy Spirit that I've given to you as a guarantee. See if when i go to the dealer shop and i don't buy the car and i change my mind i lose my 30000 rupees right so that 30000 rupees is a security money that the dealer has that i will come and i'll buy the car the holy spirit is a security money in our lives as down payment as guarantee that god will completely conform us in the image of his son so today if you see your life and you think that i'm heading nowhere Yesterday's weaknesses are much greater than today's weaknesses. I'm heading nowhere. I'm not being transformed. If you think like that, let me assure you look at the Holy Spirit that has been given to you as a guarantee. Because if God has given you the Holy Spirit, He's telling you, I will, I will possess you. I will buy you. I will transform you into the image of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that good news? God is giving us reassurance in the person of his spirit, that he will conform us. He will transform us. So today, can we take the pressure off? Can we take the pressure of trying to work out our holiness? Can can we take the pressure of trying to, you know, uh, be transformed because it is God who is transforming us? Can we rest? Can we rest in what the spirit of God is doing in our lives? 2nd Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 says, even though your outward man is perishing, even though your outward man is struggling with sin, your inward man is being renewed day by day. What God is doing in each one of us, we might not be able to understand, we might not be able to comprehend, or we might not be able to recognize, but can we trust what God is saying in the person of his spirit, that if I have given to you the Holy Spirit as a guarantee, I will transform you. God is taking responsibility of you today that he will transform you. Can you and me have assurance in the guarantee that God is giving us? Philippians 1 verse 6 says that he who started the good work in you, he will perfect it. He will complete it. Did God start the good work in you?
1: Is God the one who is transforming you? Then he will perfect it. He will complete it. See, the New Testament, in the New Covenant, the Holy Spirit that we have
0: received never leaves us, never, uh, you know, never leaves us, never forsakes us. The reason is, it is very different from the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon priests, prophets, and kings, and it came upon for a certain period to finish a particular task. Okay. And when the task was over, it would leave them. That is not the covenant that we are living in. We are living in the new covenant where the Holy Spirit has come to dwell in us to be sealed till the day of redemption. The purpose, the reason why the Holy Spirit is there in our lives is to conform us to the image of His Son. Until He hasn't finished His purpose, till He hasn't finished His task, He will not leave he will not leave it's the holy spirit who's transforming us okay now how does the holy spirit transform us let me show you how he transforms us read me, read with me john chapter 16
1: verse 7 to 11 john 16 verse 7 to 11 Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away.
0: See, this is Jesus. These are the words of Jesus. And he's saying, it is to your advantage that I go away. How many of you miss seeing Jesus in the flesh? But Jesus here is saying, it is for your advantage that I go away. Why is that? For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. Talking about the Holy Spirit. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now see this. When he comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father. And you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Now Jesus is saying, hey, it is for your advantage that I go away. Because you more than me being in the flesh for you, you need the Holy Spirit that is in you. More than me being in the flesh with you, you need the Holy Spirit that is in you. Because when the Holy Spirit is in you, you will start behaving like me. You will start thinking like me. You'll start operating like me. This is what Jesus is saying. And how does he do that? Because when the Holy Spirit comes, he convicts the world Concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Watch this very carefully. What does the Holy Spirit do? He convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Then he explains, why does he convict the world of sin? Concerning
1: sin, because they do not believe in me. You know, the work of the Holy Spirit is not
0: to police your life. The work of the Holy Spirit is to give you promises of God. See, you know, when I was growing up, I thought the work of the Holy Spirit was to police my life and to tell me this is wrong, this is right, this is wrong, you know, to police my life, to put limitations on me. That is not the work of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit, in fact, over here it says, it convicts the world concerning sin. It's not plural sins. It is singular sin, one sin. The Holy Spirit only convicts you of one sin. What is that one sin? Convicts you of sin because they do not believe in me. So what sin does the Holy Spirit convicts us of? The sin of
1: unbelief. The sin of unbelief in Jesus. So the Holy Spirit
0: convicts the world, convicts people who do not know Jesus, convicts them of the sin of unbelief, telling them, hey, you know what? You don't have to live your life like this. Look at Jesus. The Holy Spirit points them towards Jesus. Look at Jesus. You don't have to live in unbelief. Look at Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the best evangelist ever. You know, we we speak the gospel in words, but it is the Holy Spirit that convicts the people, convicts their hearts. So why does the Holy Spirit convict people of sin? Because they do not believe in him. He's talking about they. He's not talking to the disciples. He says concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Okay. Then he says concerning righteousness because I go to the father and you will see me no longer. Now he's talking to the disciples. Earlier, he was not talking about the disciples. He was saying for people who were not his disciples, for people who did not believe in him, for them, the Holy Spirit convicts them of sin and with sin, the sin of unbelief. To the disciples, the Holy Spirit convicts them of Righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. So, to an unbeliever, the Holy Spirit convicts them of sin, saying, Hey, you know what? You don't have to live your life like this. Believe in Jesus. Look at Jesus. He's pointing them towards Jesus. To the disciple, to a believer, the Holy Spirit convicts them of righteousness, saying, Hey, you know what? You're not a sinner anymore because Jesus has died for you. He who knew no sin became sin for you so that you could become the righteousness of God. Look at Jesus. You don't have to live your life like this. Look at Jesus He's convicting us of our righteousness because Jesus is no longer there in the flesh. So he points us towards Jesus. Finally, concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. The Holy Spirit is convicting the devil of judgment because the Holy Spirit is telling, hey, your time is up. Look at Jesus, your time is up. So what is the Holy Spirit doing to the non-believers, believers, and to the devil? He's convicting them of Jesus. He's pointing them towards Jesus. The work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to point us to Jesus. That's why he convicts a non-believer of the sin of unbelief. He convicts the believer of righteousness and he convicts the devil of judgment because he's pointing them towards Jesus. The work of the Holy Spirit is not just to tell you this is right, this is wrong. The work of the Holy Spirit is to tell you who
1: Jesus is, is to point you towards Jesus. Come with me to Romans chapter 8, verse 15 and 16. Romans chapter 8, verse 15 and 16. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have
0: received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. What is the spirit of God doing in your life? The spirit of God is telling you, hey, you are his child. You belong to him. You're not an orphan. You're not a slave. You don't have to, you know, feel separated from him. You are his child. That is what the spirit of God is doing in our lives. So what is really the spirit of God doing? The spirit of God is reminding us that we don't have to strive to be connected with God. We are already connected with God because of what Jesus has done on the cross. We are already connected with God. We are inseparable with the person of Jesus. That's why Paul says in Romans 8, 39, 38 and 39. He says like this, for there's absolutely nothing that can ever separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. There is no separation because of what Jesus has done. And that is something that the Holy Spirit is reminding us. You know, when, when we when we are depressed, you know why we are depressed? Because we are thinking of a time where God does not exist. We are depressed because we don't believe in God for that moment. We are hopeless because we are thinking of a future that does not have God in it. And it is in those times when the Holy Spirit reminds us, hey, you know what?
1: You don't have to lose your hope today. You are the child of God. Look at Jesus. Look at what he has done. He's still with
0: you. He's still in you. He's still for you. He's not against you. He's not condemning you. He's not, he's, he's not accusing you. He is for you. He's on your side.
1: He empathizes with you. I'm saying, think about this. What if our prayers changed
0: from praying for connection? If our prayers changed for from praying for connection to prayers that operated from being connected, a lot of times we struggle in our prayers. Why? Because we are praying for connections. We we are praying to get connected to God, whereas the truth is because the Holy Spirit that is in you, you are always connected to God. You are always connected to God. In spite of you feeling it or not, you are connected to God because of the Spirit of
1: God that is in you. Think about it. Wouldn't our prayers change? Would our prayers be, you know, be so easy, be so effortless, knowing that we are always connected with God? There's no striving. So how does the the Holy Spirit conform us to the image of His Son? The Holy Spirit, first thing that He does is points us to Jesus. And then second, tells us that we are His children. See, you and me don't need accusation today. He is not the accuser. The devil is the accuser. The work of the Holy Spirit in you is to point you towards Jesus and to tell you that you are his child amen okay come with me to john chapter 3 i want i want to show you a conversation between jesus and nicodemus john chapter 3 john chapter 3 verse 3 jesus answered him truly truly
0: i say to you Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 5. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So Jesus is saying, if you're not born of the spirit, if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, you cannot see the kingdom of God, neither can you enter the kingdom of God. So what is the criteria to see the kingdom and to enter the kingdom? You have to be born of the spirit. You need to have the Holy Spirit. Now, what did I tell you how to have the Holy Spirit? Just by hearing the gospel and believing in Jesus. If you heard the gospel and you believe in Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. Now, once you have the Holy Spirit, you can see the kingdom and you can enter the kingdom. Now, verse 8, John chapter 3, verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. You know what Jesus is saying? People who are born of the spirit, you may not see any tangible changes physically over their body. You know, there's no halo. There's no, you know, uh, light emerging from their body. You might not see any tangible changes but you will see a difference in their experiences. Just like a wind, you know, just when the wind blows, you don't see the wind. But in the rustling of the leaves of the tree, in how your, uh, you know, hair brushes, uh, when, when the wind blows, you see, you, you experience the wind. Similarly, a person who is born of the spirit experience the kingdom. You can't see the kingdom. You can't see the spirit, but you can experience the kingdom you can experience the kingdom because the kingdom is it internally working in you in luke 17 20 and 21 when the pharisees asked jesus when the kingdom of god would come jesus says like this the kingdom of god is not coming in ways that can be observed say with me the kingdom of god is not coming in ways that can be observed so if you want to see with your eyes the kingdom you will not be able to see it but jesus says Nor will they say, look, here it is or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. In other translations, it says, for the kingdom of God is within you. See, the kingdom of God, you can't observe the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God does not come by observation. The kingdom of God is more internal. is is within us. Because of the Holy Spirit that is in us, we can experience the kingdom of God today. Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. It is within our reach, but not in our hands. It is within our reach. You have to grab it. You want to experience the kingdom of God? You have to grab it. That's why Jesus says, you know, the kingdom suffers violence and the violent takes it by force. You have to grab it. It won't happen passively. Are you sealed with the Holy Spirit? Oh yes when you heard the gospel when you believed in Jesus are you sealed with the holy spirit oh yes but why am i not experiencing the kingdom because you have to grab the kingdom that is already deposited within you
1: in the person of the holy spirit you have to grab it how do you do that romans 14:17 for the
0: kingdom of god is not a matter of eating and drinking it's not a matter of outward behavior okay it's not a matter of eating and drinking but of righteousness peace and joy in the holy spirit what is the kingdom of god righteousness peace and joy see let me give you a bummer the kingdom of god is not going to heaven
1: the kingdom of god is experiencing a reality in the holy spirit The kingdom of God is not going to heaven. Did you ever see
0: Jesus saying, repent? Because if you don't repent, you will not go to heaven. He said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And Paul says in Romans fourteen seventeen, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is a reality kept for us in the Holy Spirit the kingdom of God is within you. If you have received the Holy Spirit, that means you have the kingdom of God, the reality of God's kingdom within you. You don't have to wait till you die to experience the reality of the kingdom. Now, when I say that, please understand, if you die today, you will go to heaven. Okay, please be assured. You will go to heaven and you will experience the reality of the kingdom. Be assured of that. But what I'm saying is you don't have to die to experience the reality of the kingdom. You have the Holy Spirit in you to experience the reality of the kingdom right now in the here and now. Because see, think about this. If you have to die to experience the reality of the kingdom, that means death has become our savior, isn't it? But Jesus is our Savior. We have received the person of the Holy Spirit. That means you can experience the kingdom of God in the here and now. Right now. You can experience the righteousness of God. You can experience the peace and the joy of God right now. And that is what the gospel is. The gospel of salvation is not just one day everything will be all right. The gospel of salvation is today you and me can experience the kingdom of God. Why?
1: Because we have the person, we have the king with us. That's the gospel. You have the king. You have the king
0: living within you. You have a spirit within you. See, if what makes heaven is the presence of God, right? If what makes heaven is the presence of God, right? If you take away the presence of God, will heaven be heaven? Of course not. What makes heaven is the presence of God. Then How is your life different from heaven when the presence of God is inside of you? That means something is wrong. Something is wrong in my understanding that I have received the person of Jesus. I have received the Holy Spirit, but my life does not correspond to the reality to which I'm called. Something is wrong. Something is absolutely wrong. I have been deceived. I have been deluded. The kingdom of God is within me. Why? Because the king is within me. The reality of what heaven has to offer is within me. That's why Paul says, work out your salvation because salvation is already inside of you. So work it out. Let streams of living waters flow from within you because God has deposited the kingdom, the reality of the kingdom
1: within you in the Holy Spirit. Man. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent.
0: Repentance doesn't mean not sinning. Repentance means changing your heart, changing your mind. Repentance means changing your mind. So if you think that you had to do something to experience the kingdom of God, let me tell you, you're wrong. The kingdom is already within you. How do you draw it out? How do you draw it out? Is by by
1: communing with the Holy Spirit. Is by walking in the Spirit. That's how you draw it out. Jesus has already deposited the reality of the kingdom within you.
0: If you have heard the gospel and you believed in Jesus, Holy Spirit has been sealed into your life. And if Holy Spirit is there in your life, the reality of the kingdom is within you. You and me don't have to live our life so defeated. You and me don't have to live our life somehow just making it through, somehow just surviving. We don't have to live our lives like that when the Holy Spirit is there in us. When the king of kings is there within us. You and me are called to live an overcoming life. You and me are called to live a victorious life. An effortless life.
1: Where he lives in and through us. He lives in and through us. You know, you can be married on paper and still feel lonely. It's a sad truth. You can be married on paper. You can be married legally and still feel lonely. You know why? Because it's your feeling. What goes inside of you is your responsibility. Similarly,
0: you have the legal right to be an overcomer in Christ. You have the legal right to be more than conquerors. You have the legal right to be more
1: than victorious but personally still experience defeat. Are you hearing me? You have the legal right. So when you consciously believe, see when you and
0: me consciously believe in the here and now, right now, it's not about five years ago when I accepted Jesus. It's about right now in the here and now when you consciously believe in what Christ has done for you and that you are an overcomer, my goodness, you start experiencing the victory of Christ you start experiencing the victory of Christ in your personal experiences as well. It's no longer head knowledge. Oh, you know, the finished work of Christ. Christ has done it all and everything is over. It's not just a head knowledge. It it comes to you in the reality of the kingdom, in your personal experiences as well. See, that is why we pray. That is why we pray. You know why we pray? We pray so that the reality that is deposited in us, in the Holy Spirit, is amplified outwardly so that we begin to experience it personally in our day-to-day lives. That's why we pray. We don't pray for connection. We pray from connection. We don't pray for victory. We pray from victory. We don't pray for glory. We pray for from glory we don't pray for the kingdom we pray from the kingdom
1: now does that change our lives it has to it has to change our lives absolutely it has to it has to you know almost every day i I try to
0: ride my exercise bike. That's the only exercise that I have. Okay. Usually, mostly in most days. Uh, And I need to motivate myself a lot because it's not a pleasant experience. One of the most depressing thing about exercise bike is that no matter how much you cycle,
1: you're not moving an inch forward. You're just stuck there. Okay. But as you sweat it out, Right. as I sweat it out,
0: I see, I see my calories being burned. I see that there's transformation in my body. So every day, I almost do like 30 minutes of exercise back. Okay, 30, 30 minutes would be 200 calories, uh, would be about traveling around 10 kilometers. 30 minutes is the most painful time of my day. It's, it's extremely painful. It's like hell. I don't like doing it. I hate doing it. My goodness, I can't tell you. So you know what I do? 30 minutes is so difficult. So what I do is there's a, there's a phone holder right in front of my exercise bike. So I put my phone there and I either listen to a sermon or I watch a movie on Netflix and then I cycle. When my, when my attention is completely distracted from what I'm doing and is completely distracted to what is there happening on the phone, 30 minutes just goes easily. Okay. Am I making the effort? Is effort being made through me? Is it, is, is it a strenuous process? Yes, it is. But when my attention is distracted from what I am doing and my attention is completely on the phone,
1: it becomes an effortless journey. Trying to make an analogy here, okay? So watch this. When our
0: when when we focus on what the Holy Spirit is trying to show us, because the Holy Spirit is pointing us to Jesus. When we focus on Jesus, who is the perfecter and finisher of our faith, my goodness, effortless things begin to happen. You will not even realize how it happened. Are you the one who is doing it? Yes, the Holy Spirit is doing it through you, but how did it happen? By you looking at Jesus. Because as long as you focus on how much you do it, you will not be able to do it. You will not be able to do even five minutes. How many of you have tried holiness and have failed big time? You know why? Because you're looking at how much you are striving. Look at Jesus. Focus your attention on Jesus. That is what the Holy Spirit is doing. He's saying, Hey, forget that. Leave that. Look at Jesus. Because when you look at Jesus, Jesus starts transforming in and through you. And then, my goodness, it's effortless living. It's effortless. Does that mean that I don't make any effort? Of course, effort is being made. But it's not you, it's the Holy Spirit in you that is making the effort. What is our responsibility? Our responsibility is to look where the holy spirit is pointing us towards look at jesus today look at jesus today my friends I just want to encourage you to look at Jesus today. It is not about how much you can measure up holiness today. Look at Jesus to be the holiness of your life. You, it's not about how much, you know, the good that you can do. It's not about how much you can pray. But once you look at Jesus, my goodness, effortless living becomes our lifestyle. Overcoming power of the spirit definitely overtakes our minds and our hearts and it becomes our lifestyle becomes a lifestyle the holy spirit is in us so that we will not just survive we will not just make it through the day the holy spirit is in us so that we can become overcomers
1: in christ you will kill the day like an overcomer because you are called to be more than conquerors see when the conqueror is is in you you become more than a conqueror Amen. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Let's close our eyes. Let's close our eyes. And thank Jesus for this Holy Spirit.
0: Our responsibility is not to strive. Our responsibility is to look at Jesus. Our responsibility is to see what the Holy Spirit is pointing. And today, the Holy Spirit is reminding us of our righteousness that we have received freely in Jesus. Not because of the things that we have done. We have received freely in Jesus. Righteousness is not something that we can earn. Holiness is not something that we can earn. It is something that we can receive freely in Jesus. Father, we want to thank you for this message that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit who makes us holy. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit who makes us holy because we are so unholy. And Father, we thank you that I don't have to strive. We don't have to strive for our holiness. We can receive our holiness because we have received you. Jesus has become our holiness. Thank you. Thank you for you have qualified us in this inheritance. Father, I pray for everybody who is listening to this word. I pray that they will not strive in their personal walk. They will not strive in having a consistent relationship with you because you are the one who is sustaining this. You are the one who started this and you are the
1: one who will perfect this. To be completely transformed in the image of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.